Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome to a special episode. This is my best friend, Lindsay Schultz. And this is my best friend, Olive Moya. And we're here to present you uh, two people, my sister-in-law, Rachel. I won't say her last name. I don't know why. <laughs> well, yeah. And the artist she chose for this week, which is our new thing. Mm-hmm. Our new thing is to throw in a few little episodes here and there with some guests. And It's going to be so fun. Yeah. I think we explain it in the episode you're about to hear, but... Yeah, she chose the artist Wendy McNaughton. And if you don't know her, go look her up. You're going to hear a ton about her right now. She's mm-hmm. an amazing illustrator. And she's besties with Samin Nasrat, who did Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And she illustrated that whole book. She's really cool. And Rachel was amazing. She should be in podcasting. <laughs> she should start her own podcast. Uh. She's not insecure like us <laughs> no. and just gets right in there and talks and says controversial things just like you. And then I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Making oh, Lindsay nervous. Have so much to edit Now there's out. two of them. Jesus, what am I supposed to do? Um, she's very punny. She's a punny mm-hmm. person. In fact, yep. I've started to, th- like my brain just automatically comes up with puns and I hate myself for it. Sorry, Rachel. There's only room for one pun person in a family. Yeah. I can tell you yep. that. Uh, and she's great. And she know she's it's it's one of those things, you know, she doesn't know much about art. And that's why we loved having her on. We want to be able to talk about art with people who normally would feel really uncomfortable about it. I have a few friends who are really excited. Some are artists. The most excited one to be on is someone who knows nothing about art and she just wants to like basically set our <laughs> ship on fire yeah. and impossible watch us burn and be like how is this art oh i can't wait i almost can't wait more for those people but i want to change her mind on them like pick the artist that you really that you're interested in but you don't understand yeah and then let's see if we can change your mind on it oh, i can't wait this is gonna be so fun i really mm-hmm. love the guest idea it's going to add some sparkle. Because, yeah. you know, so you these... and I are boring. We're in a long, boring, long-term relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't touch There's each no other when we sleep anymore. anymore. And we just need, you know, a little liveliness. So what we're doing is we're going to start swinging. <laughs> 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 Got to get that excitement back. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. We're having fun doing this. But we want to bring some more fun in. So Yeah, it's just a different way to to get a variety of content out yeah. there for you all we're doing this for you it's all for you damien it's all for you what? have you ever seen the omen no. oh never mind so enjoy the episode and uh give a warm welcome clap wait Everybody. we didn't do it welcome to middle brow oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> welcome to middle brow i think you know what you're listening to, but still. Yeah, we got to do it every time, right? Welcome to Middlebrow. The This is a mostly contemporary art podcast hosted by two completely average human artists. That's us. Uh, we talk about art. We try to be super be interesting. Super, super interesting. So interesting. With Rachel around, we're even more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, or she makes us feel interesting. Yeah. And... Uh, it's for artists or people who want to just learn more about art. Yeah. 
but don't know but where to who start. might be intimidated or don't know how to go about it trust, trust us we're us. right there with you <laughs> we're slowly learning yeah. it we got it <laughs> um enjoy wendy mcnaughton and our guest rachel my sister-in-law your butt up here we have work to do <laughs> hi hi welcome super professional setup so professional <laughs> um okay so Lindsay's right there hi Lindsay. hello so everyone this is rachel she is my sister-in-law hello. to be they're getting married in january um she's marrying my little brother big younger brother who's way bigger than me uh, <laughs> like most of the general yeah, population true, yeah. <laughs> because i don't know very many people my size um so yeah so we do you want to help explain shmoo like what we're this whole thing that we're doing yeah so we thought it would be fun to occasionally have guests come on whether they're friends family or fellow artists whoever it is just throw in some people to well, mainly because I have a very specific kind of artist that I like to research. Olive has very specific artists that she likes to research. So I'm bringing other people on. You get other people's opinions, but also different artists that we wouldn't naturally choose to report on. For sure. Right? And also, I think one of the main goals of the podcast is to have people who don't necessarily have a way into art uh, be mm-hmm. able to access it and feel like they can talk about it or listen to it and understand it. And I think, like, some of the people I've already asked are like, I don't know anything about art. I don't want to talk on the podcast. And I'm like, that's exactly why I want you on the podcast because um, there's no stupid questions and there's no, I mean, that's the whole point of this is to make it accessible. So it's kind of fun. I'm excited to have conversations with all these people who aren't, like, don't have that background influence of the things that Mm -hmm. we have. Which, for the record, I work in banking and... (laughs) <laughs> this podcast is called Middle Brow, and I'm as low brow as the art community can get. So this is a big get for the podcast. Um, oh wait, but I have a I'm such a good thing. I put like three different like quick math moments in there, and I'm like, Rachel's gonna get it so quickly. I didn't even put the answers this time because I was like, I don't need them. Rachel will figure Thank it out God. for me. So now if I fail at the banking questions, I look shitty at art and math. No, we'll just we'll just edit it. Lindsay edits. Oh it good. All yeah. Good. So I wanted to give a good shout out. We both did, Lindsay and I both did, to Brad. Do you know who Brad is? Brad. Brad. <laughs> Brad. She's such, she's such Brad, a good actor. Brad. <laughs> Bratty boy. I mean, like Cooper. <laughs> yep, Brad Cooper. Sure. I call him Brad. Sorry. He's personally sponsoring <laughs> this episode. Yes. No, Brad is our first Patreon. He's donating. Not, not Bradley, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Imagine. And we're funded forever now. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. <laughs> no, Brad, uh, we don't really know him personally. He's just a guy who decided to be our first Patreon. And we're supposed to send out like a thanks and stuff, but uh, we. You know, we haven't done any of that yet because we don't really have anybody yet. And we're yeah, working on it. We really are working Big on it. Big things so coming we your just, way. We just decided he needs a special one because he's the first. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. Thank you, Brad. 
Um, so that's Brad. Uh, I have notes today because I'm in charge. I told Lindsay, I'm in charge. I haven't read through or looked at this page at all because I was scrolling through and I got to this big empty part in the Google Doc that was like, Lindsay, don't go any further. No. Like, don't peek. I wrote, Lindsay, no peeking. Yeah. And it wasn't, and, and the funny part is it wasn't because of anything. I didn't really want you to not peek. I wanted you to get excited. It was just in that moment, I wanted you guys to guess a thing that I was talking about, like guess what it is. And I really, I wanted a real oh reaction, God. so... You know I'm a rule follower. <laughs> I was you just tell me no peeking. Lindsay, like, there is no peeking. I didn't even think about you looking at it, to be honest. And then she Instagram messaged me like, what the fuck is this? I can't look. <laughs> yeah, so mad. I'm like that kid that, oh, you know, I would have, you, you can't stop me. Okay, first, I had some questions I wanted to ask Rachel. I feel like might be fun. <clears throat> so we know she's a banker. So I wanted to know what your associations with art, like when you think of art, what do you think? Um, and like, what's the first time you remember making something? Like, since you're not an artist, what do you think of when you think of art? So when I was really young, I just associated art as going to a museum. And it was very, it was an intimidating aspect to it that I just felt like I didn't understand art enough to be in that like even to go to a museum and be like in an art museum like I don't belong here but then in like fourth grade we had like writing projects and I started to understand like writing is a form of art and then later in life when I met you it gave me a whole new perspective on the art world and how it doesn't have to be intimidating and there's different types of art that I'm not gonna like which mm-hmm. was finally nice to be able to understand and not be like, oh, if you are into art, you have to be into all of this art. <laughs> I, I don't like most exactly. art. I'm like, I don't see hates art. <laughs> I don't like the flower painting that my parents bought at Dillard's. No, like, does. <laughs> Only parents like those paintings. Too many people exactly. do. But then I also don't like this really obscure, like, sculpture right. that I don't get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I like that I finally threw you was like I learned that you can have your own perception. But do you remember do you remember your first time making something? Anything? My first time I ever made something was we had these huge slabs of siding left over from when my parents recited my childhood home. Mm-hmm. And my sister and I took these big siding panels. I don't know how, like, probably, like, six feet by, like, eight to ten feet. They were kind of, like, off, like, rectangular. And we primed them white. And then we just kind of Jackson Pollocked the shit out of That's them. That's cool. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> well, you know, not knowing that then. Yeah. Like, we just, like, threw paint on it. Like, my dad had all these different paints from when they were trying to choose different colors for, like, the house. And so they were redoing it. And so we did all that. And then I had these like fake flowers from Marshall's. So we pushed them onto it with paint cool. and like painted over the flowers. And when my parents got divorced, like my mom briefly hung it in the living room and we thought we were like Aww. famous Aww. artists. So that was like the first thing I ever Dude. remember really loving making. I love that story. I thought like, <laughs> I thought most people who've never had anything to do with art would be like, in kindergarten they made me do paper mache or something you know that was an mm-hmm. awesome story i think we're all creative and have 
a little bit of that in us to want to make things. That's why Pinterest is such a big deal. Like people fucking love Pinterest. Cause they're like, I want to make something, but I don't really know. And I haven't made something in a long time because people told me not to. So yeah, Pinterest is like too far. They're like, do you yeah. have a jar and construction <laughs> paper and smell much glue? Here's 150,000 yeah. things you can make for with sure. that. But that. But if you think about it, it's just like an outlet for people who don't know what to do with the fact that they want to use their hands to make something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our artist today is what? <laughs> it's okay. It's just Danny's computer. It's not mine. Our artist today is Wendy McNaughton. She is chosen by Rachel because. Do you want to say why you chose her? Of course. So I became obsessed with Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Samina's Rot, who we are actually going to see tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes. Very, very excited. Not fangirling at all. If you guys don't know, that's like, it's a book, but it's also a documentary series on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's four episodes. It's amazing. It's going to make you hungry. It will. And it'll be. I haven't watched it. Oh my God. Go watch it. It's so good. Watch it and text us. Five hour intermission. Actually, this is the perfect cookbook for you, Lindsay, because it's it's like supposed to teach people how to cook without a recipe. Oh, that is yes. perfect for me. <laughs> Very okay. dangerous cooking. But anyway, so I'm I, I'm watching this show and I hadn't purchased the cookbook yet. I'm that person who watches the movie before I read the book. And mm-hmm. I fell in love with Samin watching the show. And then in the last episode, you get like a peek inside of her life and how this book came to be in a way and she she brings Wendy in at the end of the show and I just I don't know why I fell in love with her just in that scene and she seemed so cool and I, she's who I want to be when I'm older now and <laughs> she is cool she's she, very confident she's very confident and then she started going through her the cookbook and it was the first time I'm seeing it and all of her illustrations were so beautiful but like lame in terms of art like that's how I felt it just mm-hmm. it spoke to you in the way that it's like you're looking at your mom's cookbook but you're seeing something fun and crazy and really just interesting mm. and she's funny she is yeah so that's why I wanted to pick her for this because I have such a draw to her uh yeah so here we go you guys this is our first illustrator which is good because we created this podcast as the middle between highbrow and lowbrow. And we've done a lot of conceptual artists and a lot of artists from the same time period. So here's a woman who's with us currently kicking ass in her field. And yeah, so just quickly is a New York Times bestselling illustrator and graphic journalist. She's based in San Francisco. So <laughs> the other day she posted something from SF MoMA and I tag I like sent it to both of you and I was like look Mm -hmm. she's there and it was like a really funny thing it was like a sculpture with a penis or something like that and she was like I see you at SF MoMA curators and I was like damn her and Lindsay missed each other by like a week or something Mm -hmm. so you should go be friends with her um she's illustrated seemingly a thousand books which is actually 11 she published 11 three of which were New York Times bestsellers her art has appeared in the New York Times, NPR, Juxtapose, Good, Time Out, New York, 7x7, and Gizmodo. She's the back page columnist for California Sunday Magazine. I feel like it's called Meanwhile. Her thing's called Meanwhile. Or maybe that's the New York Times one. 
I shouldn't have even brought that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Wendy. Okay, and then I found out this, which I've known about for a while, but I didn't know she was one of the founders. She's one of the founders of a, th- a thing called Women Who Draw, which is an Instagram and like a organization type thing. Foundation. Yeah, a foundation for just like illustrators and artists that are women so that it's um, all put together so that they can get jobs, basically, because men get all the jobs. So she founded that with Julia Rothman, who was also on my list of people to do a podcast about, which is funny. So it kind of comes full circle. Before conquering the whole world in the form of illustration, she, this is all from her website, by the way, this, this part. She studied art and social work. She worked as a copywriter in advertising, a campaign director for nonprofits, a bookseller in a used bookstore, and the counselor on a suicide hotline. Oh, wow. I'm just reading from her website. She also created the national campaign for the first democratic elections in Rwanda, health education materials for nomadic tribes in northern Kenya, and a short film in eastern Congo. She lives in Potrero Hill with Mm -hmm. her partner and frequent collaborator, uh, Caroline Paul, who's a writer, and her two cats and a dog. Man, she's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. And like heavy <laughs> stuff too. Uh-huh. That's why I want to be her when I'm older. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I should have started this path at 18, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if Mark Bradford can start yeah. at 30, yeah. anyone can do anything. That's how I feel. It's it's like changed my whole, like now I'm just like, he just got started and I'm at my age. So like I can do whatever. The perspective on it is. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> um, she wasn't from like a particular creative family or household. Her grandma took her to the opera, but she says that she didn't really want to go. She wasn't interested. And um, she was like, why are you taking she, oh, why are you taking me to the opera? I'm only seven. It's weird. And then um, she tells a brief story of how her, she saw a, a picture of a kid on like a butcher block drawing with crayons I think and there was like a plate of cookies next to them and she showed her mom and she's like I want this and they had a butcher block so the mom's like I can make that happen and so she like got her some cookies and some crayons and like set her all up and she admits that she was probably mostly interested in the cookie aspect but um she remembers that being the first time where she started drawing and stuff and was interested in that and she kind of wonders like hmm did that just happen accidentally and then I like to draw? Would I have been interested otherwise? I don't know. But, oh, <laughs> another thing I would have put in side notes uh, that is just like me with ice cream and cult meetings <laughs> at round tables. I just want yep. the ice cream and really not the cult. <laughs> Whereas Lindsay wants the cult. <laughs> I want the cult. And the ice cream. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, so she's from San Francisco. Go visit her. Okay, I'll just knock on her door. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy. Hi, buddy. <laughs> Fucking creeper. You have a creeper. Come be my friend. Find some There's ice cream. no roofies in here, I promise. Hey. hey. Do you want to be my friend? You have a pack of dogs and ice cream. She's like, I don't think I need you here. Are you here to maul me or feed me? <laughs> One is okay. The other, not so much. She loves being mauled. <laughs> okay. So she got her BFA from Art Center in 19... 19- in 1999, um, which, uh, fun fact, I only considered two art schools once I decided to go to art school, and my mom told me that was a thing. 
one of them was Art Center and one of them was Otis. And uh, we never visited Art Center because once I visited Otis, I was like, this is the one. Oh, I was going to do quick math with Rachel. How oh, what's quick math? How old was I? How old was Rachel in 1990? She was five years old. <laughs> I wrote that she probably wasn't even born, which is not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mean. I'm just giving you shit. Also, is this 11 or 12? So like, was she 11 or 12 years old, maybe? No, she was five. I was. I was. How old was oh, I? Oh, you were 11 or yeah. 12. I probably was, yeah. So after Art Center, she worked as a copywriter in, an advertising, in advertising, and she felt like she, she was kind of pissed. Like, oh, I'm not doing anything that really means anything to anybody, and all we're doing is selling chicken and beer. That's what she literally said chicken and beer so then then she just decided to design the campaign for the first democratic local election in rwanda in 2000 how so i don't know i don't know there was no information about how she got there so wendy if you want to tell us let us know but i did i went down a rabbit hole about rwanda and you guys have seen hotel rwanda i'm assuming have seen hotel rwanda yeah shout out to john cheadle So it was fucked up, obviously. Well, when was this? When was the Civil War? So the Civil War. Well, now I'm getting all my information. There's so much information, but I'm pretty sure the Civil War was like in the early '90s, mm-hmm. and then towards the end of the '90s was the genocide, which is what the whole the movie was about. Was when they were just killing people, and then um, in '99 it was over, I think, and then by like 2000. They were starting to rebuild, and then 2003 is when they elected their first president. Hmm. So um, uh, basically, Rwanda was a monarch, and the republic overthrew it. Then they had a civil war. Then a president, that president got assassinated in 94, and then a fucked up genocide followed. Mm. And it's complicated. Mm. But yeah, so she was kind of over there doing that. And then she stayed in Africa a while and worked on other campaigns and produced a film in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. So then she comes back and goes to Columbia University, no big deal, to get her master's in international social welfare in 2005. So I think she's definitely, and you can tell in her, just in her work, she's thinking about other people. She has this social work in her, like it's just always a part of her. So she's like part artist, part social worker, um, part, she wrote another thing down here, it was writer. Oh, storyteller, storyteller. Mm-hmm. So um, she said, some people know what they want to do from the beginning and stick to that. But Caroline, her partner, and I have both lived several lives and that has contributed greatly to what we do now. Okay, here's the fun part. Real briefly, the interview I read that was about both her and her partner, Caroline, who is a writer and they've published several of their books together. Caroline was talking about what she did before in her other life. Okay, guys, guess what she did. You can't. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Lindsay. Was she a pack walker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she had yes. ice cream, alcoholic ice cream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Am I supposed to know? Why no, is this I just want you game? to guess because it's like you'll never fucking guess. Maybe she was a shark tamer off the coast Ooh. of South Africa for so diving expeditions. <laughs> so good. I think she made homemade rocking chairs with found twigs in Vermont. That's it. How'd you know? <laughs> Did you really peek? No. She was a firefighter. Oh my God. Look at her. That's so not on the left. 
not the you know, littler one, but the one like straight in the middle carrying the lady. Wow. Oh, I thought she was the one. She's carrying the lady. Isn't that nuts? So she was a firefighter for like 15 years or something before she ever became a writer. Um, so they're both saving a bunch of lives. Yeah, they're both kind of similar in that way. So here's a photo of the two of them. Here's a photo of the two of them for that same interview. They're so cute. In their jean denim shirt. I know. <laughs> One's a blazer and one is a jean jacket. Mm-hmm. So Wendy tells a story about when after she finished grad school, she was on the train back and forth from work a lot. She lived in Oakland and worked in San Francisco. And while she was sitting there, she realized everyone was basically a life drawing model. Humans? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because they're all sitting so still, you know, on the train Mm -hmm. and stuff, waiting, waiting, waiting. And she hadn't drawn much in like 10 years. And so she pulled out this moleskin that she used for work that wasn't like a drawing one at all and just started drawing people. And... She loved that. And she just got back into drawing. She started drawing like every day on her way to work and on her way from work. Um, I scrolled down to the very bottom of her Instagram, which took a very long time, by the way. Mm-hmm. It has 37 likes. And but here's like a picture of one of her. The earliest oh. image that I could get of one of her drawings. It's like, do you want to describe it, Rachel? Yeah, it is a person. <laughs> <laughs> In a checkered top and a tassel, tousled hair with two drinks in front of them and a little slice of pie, it looks like. Okay. From behind. Yeah. I wish you would just say from behind. That's right. <laughs> and, very, and very clean but loose line drawing, which is really nice. Yeah. Right. And so much of what, I don't know, triggered me about her work, like I loved looking at it, was it reminds me so much of a lot of what you do. Like the first thing I ever one of the first pieces I saw of yours was like coffee guy and just, I don't know. It's just, it's such an abstract way of drawing people who are just doing monotonous things in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish we had our own microphones. Brad, maybe your $4 a month will get us a third mic. Let's let's get another microphone with Brad's money. Come on, Brad, tell all your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I just wanted to shout out to Hipstamatic, the app that we all used to use mm-hmm. back in the day. This photo is taken with Hipstamatic, I can tell. <laughs> we yep, all love yep. that goddamn app. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. I look back on and you literally, shake it. Yeah, you shake it and it's just the random. camera and film. And, and, but wasn't it the worst when you were like, I'm going to take a picture of this important thing. It's only happening one time. And you yep. shake it and take it and it's just all blurry. And you're like, damn yep. it. <laughs> Light leak and super overexposed. <laughs> I'm just like, no. But then you can start setting your favorite camera, lens, and film settings Mm -hmm. together. So then you could just go to your favorites and be like, oh, this is going to look so good with like (laughs) FP100 and like the purple lens. (laughs) Did you use that? Is this like the OG Visco filters? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Honestly, you can still download it. I still get emails Mm -hmm. from them. (laughs) I'm not joking. You should download it and check it out. So much better than Instagram filters. Like they're filtery. Truly. Super filtery. (laughs) But they're so pretty. And they have, it was, I mean, Instagram tried to do like the shift tilt Mm -hmm. effect and all of that stuff, but not very well. 
God, it's so good. I miss it. I remember when we used Hipstamatic all the time and I downloaded Instagram before it was a thing just for their filters. And I was like, no, you have to download it too. There's a couple good ones. And I downloaded Instagram. I'm like, I don't get the social side of it. I just want the <laughs> I just filters. Want the filters. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you told me that too. You were like, download it. There's filters. And I was like, okay. And I never used it for anything else. But you had to yep. post it. To get yeah. the picture to be I would filtered. post things and then I would delete them. I'm like, I don't want my stuff. I think all like, of mine are on still this. on there. Everyone scroll to the bottom of my Instagram and see all the hipstamatic photos. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So she's hooked on drawing again. She started doing it every day. I already told you that. And then she would add, quote unquote, pithy sentences. And she'd paint them a lot of times when she got home. Like just add color. What's pithy mean? Um, do you know the definition of pithy? I don't know. Based on the context, it's like a quick, witty sentence. Mm -hmm. Concise and forcefully expressive. Okay. (laughs) Okay, keep going. Okay. So she started a blog and started getting attention from just her drawings on her blog and then started doing freelance from that, which is really cool. This is just another example of one of her drawings. It's uh, just like a guy in in a baseball cap, like reading, and then some other people with MacBooks behind them doing work it's like a normal airport or coffee shop or something like that um again in that black ink drawing just line drawings so she had sort of a breakthrough moment when someone looked at her blog and asked if she could buy a painting um that's a breakthrough for everybody at the moment someone's Mm -hmm. like can i have the thing that you made and i'll pay you money and you're like no what you're messing with me so she gave him what at the time was a high price for her and they were like, How much was cool. Uh, she didn't say. <laughs> mm. but, and they were just like, okay. And it blew her mind and she was freaking out. And she's like, this is awesome. So she slowly started getting freelance jobs. So what I did here was I just put a reminder so that you guys couldn't re- I couldn't read it. I would have to tell it by memory. Cool. Good job, Nicole. What I remember that happened was with these freelancing things, she there was this 48-hour magazine. And somehow I think she just knew someone who was doing it. So she just like went there and was like, do you guys need an illustrator for this magazine? And it, and it's a magazine. I think it's Gizmodo now. Or, no, it was, it's called something different, but she got the Gizmodo gig from these people too. But um, it's a magazine where they, they challenged themselves to make an entire magazine in 48 hours and then they would publish it. So it was like Ooh. this fun project. Yeah. But they didn't really have any drawings or anything like that in it. And so she just went up and was like, hey, can I help you with your magazine? And they were like, "Uh, yeah, but it's got to be quick. And she just brought all her paints and stuff. And she was like, cool. And so she just started painting right there. And they were like, whoa, fuck yeah, this is awesome. And so (laughs) she started doing that. And then through that is how she met the guy at Gizmodo. And he was like, this girl's awesome. And so he brought her on on that. And then she started getting freelance. This is why I don't make a good artist. We're selling ourselves. I just want to be like Philip Gustin and run into the woods and hide from everyone. Yeah. But that doesn't work out well until you die. Yeah, I know. It's just hard to have to sell yourself. That shit sucks. But she, it's like Rachel was saying, though. She's so personable and stuff. That's another problem with me. Yeah. (laughs) No, I just mean like she likes to talk. Wait, is this not therapy right (laughs) now? Oh, this is. (laughs) We're talking about it. This shit's way too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she began illustrating full-time in 2010. She talks about a Venn diagram, which she illustrates a ton of funny diagrams all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a diagram of, like, music and or, like, musicians and then 
I guess like a the emotion. The one on the left isn't a Venn diagram. No, it's not. I just was talking about diagrams in general. Okay, let me just finish my sentence. She talks about okay. a Venn diagram of social work, art, and storytelling, and that is what she does now. She would be right in the middle. That's what I was trying to talk about earlier. Okay. So on that topic, she does a lot of diagrams or like flowcharts and stuff. And they're mm-hmm. always funny kind of. So the one on the left that Lindsay's talking about is like emotions in orange. Mm-hmm. It's like little bubbles like worry, anger, grief, sadness, and joy. And then connecting to them is like all these different musicians. So worry is connected to Tom Waits, Bob Dylan, the Pixies, the Beatles. And then like anger is connected to Metallica and the Clash and the Beatles and the Pixies kind of and David Bowie. Like, they all kind of connect, like, Sam Cooke, Al Green, and Otis Redding connect to sadness and grief and joy. (laughs) Aretha Franklin connects to joy. Like, it's all this, they're all just interweaving, kind of, and it's funny. Um, But the funniest part of this one is, like, where does this even come from? It's connected, it's a circle that's connected to Elton John and sadness, and it says, the candle in the wind song. (laughs) (laughs) And is Elton that, John, it says Lion King soundtrack. Parks and Rec took when Lil Sebastian died and like 5,000 candles in the wind. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bye, bye, Lil Sebastian. Lil Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So good. Okay. So then this other one says the universe and forever. And it's a Venn diagram. And it's um, on the left, everything that has already happened. And on the right, it says everything that could possibly happen. And in the middle, it says today with you. And then there's like other little bubbles coming off of the left and the right ones. Um, Dust and ideas coming off of everything that's already happened and dust and feelings coming off of everything that could possibly happen. She said she made this at the beginning of her relationship with Caroline, which is cute. Oh, okay. So I had such a hard time picking it. This is so funny because Rachel's on Instagram looking at her images right? <laughs> or like on Google looking at all these images. And it goes back to I had such a hard time picking images because there's a fucking thousand of them. Like she draws. Obviously, she draws like every day all the time in her sketchbook. But she's also like doing editorial stuff and doing stuff for books. Like she just has so much. And so and 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 even though it's all kind of similar there is lots of different ways she does it. There's like a more finished watercolor look. Mm-hmm. Then there's like a like a looser watercolor. Then there's just pen drawings. And she does these really beautiful pencil drawings as well. And um, then the diagrams that where she's really funny. And so there's all sorts of different. It was hard to pick images. So you guys just have to go look at her Instagram. That's the way. And Google. <laughs> and show at her door with ice cream. And show. <laughs> with with dogs and uh, and she actually posted on Ruth Asawa's birthday. She posted a picture of I her. Saw that. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> so I loved that too. Ruthie. We just did an episode yes. on Ruth Asawa. Mm-hmm. And then she has a ton of like human rights stuff. So she posts about gay rights and fucked up shit like the police killing African Americans mm-hmm. and like women's rights. Obviously, she's a queer person. And so, and she goes to a lot of like women's marches and stuff and draws that and then tons of food drawings clearly because she's doing this whole you know she's done this cookbook thing i almost called it salt pray love <laughs> really close can we also tag elizabeth gilbert in this yes. i love elizabeth gilbert <laughs> shout out to her could we do a, an episode on elizabeth gilbert even though she's not like a visual artist <laughs> 
Uh, here's a few examples. And I will post these ones because these are the ones we're talking about. One on the left is like this Takate cans that are empty and like a little piece of a lime. Looks like Cal in Arts. watercolor. Everyone loved Takate CalArts. Really? <laughs> that's funny. Maybe that's true. <laughs> Okay, it this is one true. I think, No, I mean, maybe it's from that. Maybe she did it while she was. Yeah, whatever. But, okay, so, <laughs> this one I think is my favorite. It's a really intense, like, life, or mm-hmm. not life drawing, but like, um, still life of a pear with like leaves on it and a stick. And it says, underneath it says, despair, like the feeling, like feeling despair. And then it's scribbled out and it says, like, apostrophe D I S space pear. Like despair, which I thought was funny. It's so you. It's so. <laughs> I mean, I love it too. I love yeah. the line drawing, especially because it's funniness. such a serious looking drawing. So when you read it, you're like, "What is that funny? Is it supposed to be funny?" It's good. Okay, you want to describe the bottom piece, middle two? Yes. So there's this third photo. It's just some weed-like flowers that are just very rudimentally drawn and they're just really pretty and cute there and then this fourth photo this guy who is exactly how i am in social situations with my hands it's this guy's hand looking like it's just a nightmare this multiple hands coming out of it and an arrow that says descriptive gestures. Like, you don't know what to do with your hands. Like, I'm doing it right now talking about it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I love this photo. Yeah. I thought I thought that one was super funny. Mm-hmm. Um, this one you cannot see. Try and just zoom in. But um, you can use just like the zoom. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a flow chart of everyone she's ever met and who introduced her to them. From 1975 oh. to 2010. Isn't that cool? It's like my favorite. Mine I think it's one like of my favorites. The, the top Like three left. people. <laughs> <laughs> but like everyone though. Yeah. Everyone you've ever met. Like that. that's a lot of people. Has she been actually adding to this since the 70s or whenever she started? Not. She said that she, it fell off. She has notes made, mm-hmm. but that she fell off on actually updating it since 2010. No, but like she started it in 1975. She oh, I don't remembered. know. I don't know if she wrote it down or if she re- remembered it or or if she started it back then. I have a feeling she started it, but that may not be true. Also, isn't it daunting to think about like all the classes that you had in like elementary school and like <laughs> all the kids that like, I mean, you met, yeah. Yeah. you know, all of them. I can't remember all those people. Their siblings, yeah. their parents. Yeah, it's like people a lot of people. At work. So I don't know. That sounds like maybe it's not everyone, but yeah. And then I don't even remember people's names right after I meet them. Me neither. <laughs> I'm almost never paying attention to what their name is. Uh, and then on the right, there's this like just really, really simple kind of messy looking line drawings or um, pen drawings of foods. And on the top, it says consume during the Kavanaugh hearing. And we all know what that is. And so yeah. the first one is an M&M and it's crossed out and it says shock. And then the second one's a malt ball crossed out and it says grief. The second, third one's Advil times two and, the, and it's crossed out and it says pain. Um, so there's like a glass of wine, which is crossed out and says solidarity. Um, and then the big jug, it says one of those gallon jugs of water and it's crossed out and says resilience. 
So she does that kind of stuff. And on her Instagram, there's a really cool picture of the woman who testified in the Kavanaugh okay. case. Yeah. Yes. Christine Blasey Ford. Uh, I really love this one. So this is a screenshot of her feed because I loved how she posted them. Uh, it was, it's like she must have been at a Doubletree hotel or mm-hmm. something. And she drew on one of the pads with those ballpoint pens that's in them, like in there on the mm-hmm. desk. Um, a portrait of Jordan Edwards, which was, he was a 15-year-old African-American kid who got shot by the police and killed. The first one that she posted was of him, and then she, like, wrote about it. And then the second one is, like, a she darkened the whole thing a little bit more, like, put just, like, keep, kept working on it. And then the third one is so dark, you can kind of only see his eyes and a little bit of outlines of his features. And then the last one, he's completely, like, blackened with Mm. the pen so let's just talk about salt fat acid heat first because that was the inspiration for talking about her Mm -hmm. wendy will be the first to admit that when samin first came to her house she opened the covers and she only found protein bars and she never cooked like nope not gonna happen so wendy was her prime subject because this whole books that samin was making she wanted it to be for someone who didn't cook a lot and didn't really understand how to balance a food to make it taste a certain way and um so she wanted to talk to that person and know how to address them so it kind of worked out mm-hmm. uh but so it says samin wanted to teach people how to cook without a recipe wendy says she taught me how to cook and i asked her a million questions those helped clarify how to convey stuff to a newbie like me. So they basically just hung out together for five years and Samin would make food and Wendy would draw and then they would eat the food afterwards, which is basically my dream. <laughs> that sounds so great. I love cooking shows. Like Dax yeah. was saying how he doesn't because he interviewed Samin, how he mm-hmm. doesn't like cooking mm-hmm. shows regularly. I could watch cooking shows all goddamn day and like travel food shows. I'm into it, but I almost get like, this is such, like, a bad character flaw. I get, like, envy. Like, I get, like, I don't, I can't we cook. do. <laughs> no, but it's, like, in a bad way. Like, I just get kind of pissed off. Like, I'm, like, I can't cook that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go cook that. I'm not in Europe right now. Like, <laughs> so I'm just going to stick to, like, that 70s right. show. A lot of the things take so much work. Like, Roy Choi is doing this dish where you have to let the pork sit for 10 hours. They're using, like, a million plastic containers. That's so many dishes. It just (laughs) doesn't... Yeah, and I don't know what their KitchenAid budget is, but it's definitely not the same as mine. (laughs) So, yeah, not no Williams-Sonoma for this gal. (laughs) Okay. So here's an example of some of the illustrations in Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. One is boiling an egg it's so beautiful really Mm -hmm. it's really beautifully done yeah this is so much of like what i googled when i first saw salt fat acid heat i started googling wendy right when she came on screen and i like google imaged all of the illustrations in the book and this is like what i most fell in love with from her work like it's so i don't know it's just fun and it's Mm -hmm. easy and it combines like so many things that I'm interested in. Like, I don't know how to boil an egg properly and I'd have to Google this anyway. So, like, I love this. <laughs> that so, five-minute egg looks perfect. Dude, mm. the five-minute is the star of the whole mm-hmm. thing. I'm a ten-minute guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but in the illustrations, you know what, too? I was like, do we think that she used different – like, that five-minute egg is a 
what's that thing that tax always plugs vital farms oh, vital farms egg. oh yeah. yeah and that 15 minute egg we is not a vital, vital farms. farms we love vital farms what's so special about these eggs they just taste better they're, they're like so free good. pasture whatever pasture beyond that when you crack an egg most eggs are kind of orangey or like yellow or if you're at denny's they're like neon <laughs> yellow, yellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are like deep deep orange and it's it's just like an eggs <laughs> you seem really ecstatic about this like oh my ego it's unlike any eggs you will ever taste in your whole life vital farms sponsor us we need a goddamn sponsor already okay so yeah these are kind of the drawings i'm gonna skip over that one this one's like the world of acid and it's this huge multi-layered pie chart and it says use this wheel to help choose which cooking acids and garnishing acids to use as you cook food around the world for instance i'll just read one japan and then it says rice wine vinegar and rice wine and then on the outer circle says pickled vegetables soy sauce plum sauce fermented bean paste and oyster sauce that's china hmm Oh, shit. Fuck. I started with rice wine, vinegar, and rice wine. Sorry, and then my eye moved. Soy sauce, tamari, miso, pickles, and ponzu. That's That makes way more sense. We are now sponsored by Asia. <laughs> and soy sauce. Um, so tons of amazing charts and diagrams and pretty watercolor food drawings. Mm-hmm. The book was hugely popular, and it coincides with Samin's Netflix series, which we talked about by the same name. It won a bazillion awards like the New York Times bestseller, 2018 James Beard General Cookbook of the Year, 2018 Fortnum and Mason Debut Cookbook, 2018 IACP Cookbook of the Year, 2018 IACP Julia Child First Book Award, and Sunday Times Food Book of the Year 2017. So it's a good book. Zameen essentially stalked Wendy to illustrate the book because she was her favorite illustrator and she wanted it specifically done by her because she loves her sense of humor and she wanted to have like those all those diagrams that she makes and stuff and she didn't want it to have glossy photos of perfect food because she felt like it would intimidate people who didn't really cook all that much which i think you guys kind of talked about with those documentaries (laughs) like yeah i'm not doing that so (laughs) i do not remember the timeline on this but it was kind of all happening at once she'd made this tattoo book called pen and ink tattoos and the stories behind them And then she was working on salt, fat, acid, heat. And then she made knives and tattoos, Mm -hmm. which was like um, chefs and and their tattoos and the stories behind them. This is kind of what they look like. And she said she loved every story, even if it was just, I got wasted and got this tattoo. She just thought it was all funny and interesting. So this one on the left is French Montana, the rapper. And it said, and his tattoo says, pray for me on the back of his neck. And the thing that Wendy wrote says, I decided to get my tattoo after I survived being shot in the back of the head. I realized I had made it through something. So I decided to get pray for me. I'm an anomaly because Muslims aren't supposed to get tattoos, but I wanted those prayers and blessings. I wanted people to pray for me. Okay, here's a really cool one. This is one of the books that Caroline and Wendy did together. It's called The Gutsy Girl. And it is... Well, I'll just read the Amazon thing because it's a good description. And if I'm having, if I ever have a daughter, I'm going to buy it for her. And if either of you have a daughter, I'm going to buy it for them. And if I meet anyone who's a young lady who needs it, I'm going to buy it for them because it's so cute. Okay. Quote. 
In The Gutsy Girl, author Caroline Paul emboldens girls to seek out a life of exhilaration. Once a young scaredy cat herself, Caroline decided that fear got in the way of the life she wanted, of excitement, confidence, self-reliance, friendship, and fun. She has since flown planes, rafted big rivers, climbed tall mountains, and fought fires as one of the first female firefighters in San Francisco. In The Gutsy Girl, she shares her greatest escapades, as well as those of other girls and women from throughout history, and offers engaging activities such as confidence-building stances, creating a compass, positive self-talk, and using crickets to estimate outside temperatures. Each section includes a place for girls to journal their adventures, thus encouraging a new generation to develop a zest for challenges and a healthy relationship to risk. The Gutsy Girl is Lean In, which I haven't read, for young girls, a book about the glorious things that happen when you unshackle from fear and open up to exhilaration. So here's one of the things that Wendy illustrated. It says, signs you're on an adventure. And there's all these cute illustrations of girls doing cool things like. Hold on. I want to compare this to like our Olive Rhyme trip. Okay. So check. We have a flashlight. Check. <laughs> yeah. We wore adventurous hats. We did. <laughs> you're with your best friend. Check. You're carrying a compass. No. No, we didn't have a compass. You're using the saw blade on the multi-tool. I feel like we've I done did that, that before. <laughs> Maybe it was camping all over him. You need to navigate using the stars. Don't no one knows how to do that. No, that's stupid. Only pirates. You've said wow at least ten times. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's multiple videos of me being like, wow. wow! Like you're outside in the mud. Yes. <laughs> Things written in code. I love code. Yeah. Check, <laughs> I was check. just gonna say, oh, tattooed on you. Yeah. So we went on an adventure. We totally did. So. This is also written by her partner, Caroline. It's a true story about how when Caroline was recovering from a bad accident and her cat disappeared, they kind of thought that she was dead or like gone forever. And so, but then finally she came back like three weeks later and they were all like, what the fuck happened to her? Like, what was she doing? Who, who was she mingling with? Mm -hmm. Like, where was she eating? You know, I think they had all these curious questions about what happened. Where did she go? So Amazon, so they wrote this book together. Well, Caroline wrote it and Wendy illustrated it. And so the Amazon description says, so I wasn't interested because it's cats and I don't like cats that much. And, but then the Amazon description of the book says, quote, using GPS technology, cat cameras, psychics, and the web. For a second, I read that as physics. I'm like, what the hell does he do? I almost said physics. <laughs> okay, start over. <laughs> GPS technology, cat cameras, psychics, the web, and animal communicators. Whatever that means. And I said that weird. The authors <laughs> of Lost Cat embarked on a quest to discover what their cat did when they weren't around. So I read that and I was like, okay, this is really funny. They have psychics and cat cameras. What yeah. even is a cat camera? Um, is it like a GoPro? How they put GoPros <clears throat> on dogs when they're running around the mountains and shit? So I brought Danny this. Cam. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to George's sister about Wendy at dinner. And she said it was actually really sad because they started noticing when cats were starting to die, they would just leave their family and go away from the house and people and then die on by themselves. Mm. That's like that wolf documentary where the alpha yeah. wolf like left the family and they were all like, where'd she go? Yeah. Where's mom? That's 
That's so then respectful. She died. I know. Like, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if, like, you didn't have to pay for an entire funeral? <laughs> I'm going down a dark road here. <laughs> like, people just wandered into the forest and died. Well, not only, like, when we're dying, we're like, everybody come be around me. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And these, like, tough-ass animals are like, I'm leaving to die now. <laughs> well, I think for cats, too, this is, like, the ultimate way to be a final dick about everything. Like, like cause cats are assholes. Yeah. So it's like, you literally meant nothing to me. I'm going to die alone. So this is, like, the last I don't last even want to see your face while I'm dying. I oh, want my oh, last oh, okay. moments to be peaceful. Uh-huh. Olive, I think I've sent this to you. Rachel, I don't know if you've seen this, but have you read Missing Missy by David Thorne? No. Is that the thing from co- like when we were in college? Yes. Where yes. there's like posters and stuff? Yes. Oh my God. You it's, haven't seen this? Okay, no. What is, so, who is Missy and where was she missing okay, okay, okay. to? Let me find it. Let me find it. Hold on. It's so funny. It's missing Missy? Missing Missy. It's so that's this, I think he's Australian. He... I think a graphic designer, but he's such a dick. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. That oh he my god <laughs> has a whole book of stories now where people will email him for things, and this one's like his employee or like a coworker <laughs> lost their cat and is just trying to get a lost cat poster made, and he's such an asshole about it. So the first one is so funny because she's just like, oh, yeah. I just need a poster for my cat. Here's a picture or whatever. And the poster barely has a picture of the cat on it. It's like the cat is tiny in the right corner. And it's like, missing Missy. Oh, my God. The description of this, I think, is like, okay. So her description is so, hi, I opened the screen door yesterday. And my my cat got out and has been missing since then. So I was wondering if you're not too busy, you can make a poster for me. It has to be A4. And I will photocopy it and put it around my suburb. So she puts a little photo of her cat David responds dear Shannon that is shocking news luckily I was sitting down when I read your email and not halfway up a ladder or train how are you holding up I'm surprised you managed to attend work at all just this ultimate sarcastic like moment and then she goes yeah, okay, thanks. I know you don't <laughs> like cats, but I'm really but worried about The mine. worst part, possibly lying on the side of the road, her back leg squashed by a vehicle, calling out, oh Shannon, God. where are you? Shannon, <laughs> where are you? He's painting a picture so she yep. can be more traumatized. Wait, oh, wait. So I can't remember the background on this. Is this real? Like he's her friend or something? Yeah, I think kind, they work like together. A- um, And all of these situations, he put them into a book. He has several books now, but the first one call- is called The Internet is a Playground. And anyways, they go on to like one looks like a movie poster. Then all of a sudden just like lost like the TV show and the cat's like barely there. (laughs) Then it's a different picture of a cat altogether. An orange cat instead of a black one. And then he like inserts reward money for no reason. Then it says no reward. Like he's just so difficult. She's like, no, $2,000. I don't have (laughs) $2,000. Like no reward. And so the next one's just like a huge thing that says no reward. (laughs) Um, but all of his stories are like this, just being he's wearing a hat for no reason. He does it perfectly, except he puts a hat on the cat, and she's like, "Why is she wearing a hat?" This is the ultimate satirical. I hate cats. Yep. I'm so passive aggressive that I need to do this. Okay, but the hat one is the last one, and she said, "Fine, that will have to do." <laughs> so anyone go, you can look up David Thorne's website. It's 
I just Googled Missing Missy and it was the first thing that came up. Yeah. So. And get the book. The internet is a playground. It's so fun. All of his stories is are so good. Is it weird that I secretly hope my fiance goes missing <laughs> so that I can send this <laughs> into David Thorne? Imagine what he would do. Lost in Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> a Derek Emanuel story. <laughs> okay. Sorry to hijack. That's so uh, funny. I totally forgot about that. Serious cat story. Now I oh want to buy God. that book. I want David Thorne and Wendy and Caroline to write a book together. <gasps> Imagine. Oh okay, I want them to hear this episode. Yeah. I- Imagine we were the catalyst for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine we were the subject. <gasps> oh, no. Well, that's way too scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't want to know how Wendy would draw me, although I kind of do now. Wendy, can you draw us for the podcast? <laughs> we'll oh send you a picture and you draw us. That'd be so fun and so scary. It's like yeah. when people do caricatures and like bring out your worst features and well, your insecurities. I wonder insecurities. what Olive's drawing of us would look like too. Oh, I'll show you a drawing of me and Lindsay. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. I made a whole comic book yeah. of me and Lindsay. Fire woman and ice girl this. or something, right? Yeah, I'm fire woman and she's ice girl. Because oh I was God. always hot and she was always cold. It's like shark boy and lava girl. <laughs> what? <laughs> The ultimate Disney movie. Educate yourself. (laughs) I don't know that one. Um, What's the SpongeBob people? Oh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's what I think of. I love them. (laughs) Although those episodes weren't my favorite. No, I would always skip those. Me too. I thought Barnacle Boy was kind of obnoxious. He was totally Mm -hmm. obnoxious. He was like if Squidward was Mm -hmm. a superhero. Exactly. He was just too much of a dick. But I loved Mermaid Man and I felt bad because like he low-key had dementia. He did. And it, that, he, he was, was so cute and funny. He was just like an old man with dementia. Exactly. To the cat cu- or whatever. Yeah. Just wanders what into car? a forest to die alone like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what I thought interesting about that book and then the the other book, they'd done a few things together, um, was how they were work together as a couple because Lindsay and I talk about this a lot how the dynamic is and Mm -hmm. you kind of want to have like someone that understands what you do but literally talking about this while you were here the other day but if you are with like I've known people with art people then it gets competitive or like Mm -hmm. weird well you know Derek and I talk about this regularly because he's in the medical field and I'm in the finance field and he works with people who are both in the medical field and it's like their schedules clash and it's like they find it so hard to turn work off and I think it just it it crosses over into everything you do because even my parents work in the same line of work and they know all the same people and it's hard to like shut work off sometimes Mm -hmm. and then they can also be like unnecessarily critical of the other in their lines of work because they know the ins and outs and and we were just talking about too because I saw this post from um Matt makes stuff or something. She's this cool illustrator that I like and muralist. And she posted something where she's like, you got to do things you're not used to and let loose. And you got to go out of your comfort zone and do things that where you're not thinking and like do things that look like not you. Mm-hmm. And then she posted this image that used to be her style. And I was, my mind was blown. It was so opposite of what she does now. And And she was like, I did this mural and it loosened me to do this. And now that's my style now, basically. That was just like you. You exactly such different work. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like this really came out. I don't I don't I obviously don't know exactly where it started, but I feel like so much of it came from when you went to L.A. when you were pregnant 
and you were doing like so many different things. And I look back now, like even at prints of yours that I have mm-hmm. in my home that are like the you're pissing me off print. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everything is just so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and I- it needed to be. Yeah. And I think if I didn't get permission, that's what it is about having a partner that doesn't understand that you need permission to have those moments. Like I needed Lindsay to tell me, why do you have to stay in your style? You need to, if this is what you want, it looks more success or it feels more successful because that's what you needed right now. So just go with it. There was such a strong gravitational force to do this work that when you were trying so hard to stay in figurative, funky, text-based work, it started feeling forced and mm-hmm. more like work where you naturally wanted to do the, these like abstract pieces now. So, you know, if you're if you're being pulled in that direction, go with it. You know, like it's yeah. going to lead to something amazing, which it has. But I needed you to say that to me. You need we to- change as people. And if we don't change, that's weirder. That's way weirder yeah. if you don't grow as a person and change. Yeah, your body but I needed someone to be like, it's be okay. And when you said it was okay, like Lindsay's basically the one person where if everyone tells me no, I go to Lindsay and I'll be like, just tell me for reals. And if she also says no, then I'm like, okay. But if she's like, no, nah, they're crazy. Keep going with whatever you're doing. Then I'm like, all right, I will. <laughs> going back to talking about it, like you and your spouse being in the same field, it's like, Okay, so when I talk about Derek being in the medical field and me being in the finance field, I also have to remember like my job, I'm not putting my entire self out there. So when you guys talk about it from your angle, it's so much different because I can't imagine going to Derek and being like, okay, this is what like my heart and soul has been for years. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going a different way with it. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Like that, I feel like you're so... I mean, you're just so you're putting yourself out there so much. If they reject it, they're rejecting you. And you're like, wait, no, you're my partner. (laughs) I can't have you reject me as a person. It's like um, the Mike Birbiglia skit. He's like, yeah, like with comedy, if they say they don't like you, they're just like, yeah, you know, I don't like you. You know, your personality. It's not like (laughs) I don't like your food. I don't like, you know, what you're wearing. I don't like whatever. It's like you. And that's I feel like it's very similar to making artwork like when george is 90 percent of the time he's super supportive of me have really great conversations but there's times when he really pushes me which is helpful but he likes to be critical at the wrong time <laughs> where like i'm trying to figure it out and he's just pushing and pushing i'm like sometimes i just need your blind support right now while i'm mm-hmm. figuring this out so and I don't want to have to tell you which moments those are. So just yeah. know, yeah. know which one is which. Where's the cat psychic when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So speaking of that, Caroline, her partner was talking about, or this is a quote from her. But I about, love him so much. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's add that in there. We love our partners yes. so much. Maybe they don't understand all the time. But we don't even know what we're doing all the time. Yeah. So how could they know? I just said I want mine to go missing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut that part out. So we know the when sake you of take a fun out an email insurance thread. policy on Derek that we should be alarmed. I know. I watch way too much Law & Order SVU to not pull yeah. this off too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going, Alice. I was like, don't murder my brother. <laughs> 
Please don't marry my brother. <laughs> I won't be happy. Um, so Caroline says, when couples ask us what we recommend for working together, I tell them that they have to honestly respect their partner's work. Ultimately, the problem with being in a relationship and trying to create a work of art together is that everything you talk about creatively sounds like you could also be talking about the relationship, <laughs> just as we were saying. Yep. For example, if Wendy says to me, I really think that paragraph should read differently. What I could hear is, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's where my brain goes to. Yep. But remembering that she respects my writing and I respect her illustration means that I realize she's not saying she doesn't love me. She's actually saying that this paragraph should be mm-hmm. changed just a little bit. <laughs> Having the foundation of mutual respect clears up any possibility that our creative criticisms harming our relation. Oh, of our creative criticisms harming our relationship. In fact, it's made it even better. So, Which I, is literally what we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, I have a question for you guys off of that then because do you ever feel like, I mean, especially you, Lindsay, because you and George, I feel like are in very different places in the art community. Like he does a mm-hmm. lot of the virtual reality and you're on the fine arts side. So do you ever feel like when he tries to comment on it, like, wait, that's not your expertise? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be hard because we're in a similar world, but it is very different. He's very, like he studied illustration, communication arts. It was much more about how detailed you could get and how well you can communicate very quickly. Where in conceptual art, you want to communicate, but it's a very it's a different path in how you get there so right like the approach of the message that you're going to send out the yeah. approach is completely different yeah and he values different things he really likes labor intensive work because you can obviously see the time and energy put into a work where i like that and i do a lot of that work and i think that's the work he finds higher value in but i also like work that's really simple and minimalist like I did these concrete blocks with rope coming out of them and I think they're beautiful and he's like so now what (laughs) are you going to take the concrete blocks and walk them a mile down the road (laughs) so yeah it's just it's just different and like I don't know. It's like in Beautiful Losers too. I always remembered because I was like my I always mention it because it was like my formative Years mm-hmm. when I started thinking about stuff. But there's a scene where, damn it, what is his name? Now it's a different one that I can't oh, remember. No. The designer one, Mike. Oh, Mike. Myers? <laughs> <laughs> what is he, Beautiful Losers? Oh, we should watch it together. So it's Mike it's Mills. Do- Mike Mills, yes. Okay. It's a documentary um, about these like young skater boy type guys that started making art and none of them really went to art school and they just kind of did it because they loved it and then they would like live in gallery like live in a space in new york that also had a storefront and then they would just like make their own gallery and invite all their friends and like it was like a is it like lords of dogtown meets art bit kind of yeah very similar Mm -hmm. um but it's just kind of this like free loving playful exciting idea of just like Mm -hmm. just do it and Mm -hmm. you don't have to have permission from anyone and all these people ended up famous basically i was gonna say did they become big names in the art world almost all of them yeah and they all do Um, different 
they were all in a show together called Beautiful Losers, but they all do different things. Like some are painters, some are street artists, some are Golders. filmmakers, some, you know, they're different, but they were all part of this group show. And then what's that group of people? Yeah. Um, so, so okay. Yeah. No, but it was all like putting the art first. Like some people like slept in this gallery and it was all about making work, being a part of this art community and being so dedicated to your craft that that came before all else. Mm -hmm. So how did you relate to this Mike Mills? Okay, so Mike Mills was like one of the first ones where I felt, because my art also, even though it was a more simple looking, I took a lot of time with my like cross hatching and stuff. Like I put like tons of little detail stuff in mm -hmm. And that was probably the first time where he he's literally painting in the documentary like a rainbow. It's like the simplest rainbow. He just like takes this huge sumi brush or something and he just like dunks it in one color and just like paints a line and then he like does another one, paints another one. He does like three or four lines and then it's done. And he's talking about how art, this is why art shouldn't have to do with time. Like in other fields, it's like how many hours did you work on it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas art, it's special regardless. And like, I love really simple art. And some of that, it took him three seconds to make, but doesn't mean it should be less valuable. But that's mm -hmm. really hard for people who aren't in the art world or in that specific type of, like mm -hmm. how George is in a different type of the art world. Yeah, It's hard for them to understand because it just seems like however much work you put in is what it's worth. Right. And George is just so not heavy true. too. Like <clears throat> he's so smart and mm -hmm. loves he just is really drawn to research-based things because like that's what he gets yeah. so when i can talk to him about like my salt and sea piece like i can go into the nitty-grittiness of the politics that is happening there and the science that's happening and that's what he gets excited by yeah. so when i'm doing something else that's more like emotional and more on that like conceptual side of like how humans relate to each other and it's much more poetic and less grounded in fact-based work. Like, he right. he gets it, but, like, it's not necessarily his thing. Where, like, I love Sophie Cowell's work, where it's just about these really quiet moments of human interaction. Like, I was collecting, he makes these little hairballs out of the shower for me, and I've been collecting them, and I want to do something in a piece with them because it seems like this beautiful moment of him and these little weird gift offerings that he leaves mm -hmm. for me. And that. talked to him about doing a piece with it. And he's just laughed and was like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> I guess I'm stupid. Though. But that's more about like memories and feelings mm -hmm. and like connecting yeah. to that whole thing and relationship. And, but that stuff's harder to make. You can say it in a few words and it's harder to make like a big thing about. I mean, you could, you could, oh, especially. I mean, books like, and books and you and will. Books yeah. about I feel like it's just hard to put out there. I mean, it's just. I don't know, like I, like even with your work, like with the gallery opening, I think that's why I was so moved by it and everything, because it's like, it's like you're fully putting yourself out there, mm -hmm. which is just so free, but so, I mean, it's like, it's a lot. And I think that's what this pod, I always come back to why I love help making this podcast, <laughs> but I think that's what I want to do. What we want to do with this podcast mm -hmm. is like, I wrote a whole thing about my work. I came about my work differently than Lindsay does. Like a lot of times she writes and thinks first and then does mm -hmm. it after the physical thing. Whereas I do it the opposite. It doesn't mean that it doesn't, that it they aren't connected in a real way. It's just like how my brain works differently. But when people read it, like a bunch of people were posting like, 
oh shit, so much thought goes into this. And it's like, <laughs> it does and it doesn't. It comes from those things emotionally. And then I have mm. to sit. It's like meditation or prayer or whatever. You have to sit yeah. with your feelings and be like, let's figure this out. How mm-hmm. do you feel? You know, even though you're probably trying to cover it up some ways. So yeah. it's just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, now I can see exactly what I needed to get out. And this is the channel in which I do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Wendy, going back to Wendy, Wendy said, I have been very fortunate in my career. I work my butt off. I love my work. That said, although I haven't ever considered stopping what I'm doing, I still go through challenging periods where I essentially feel like crap about myself. In fact, I felt that way last week. It happens all the time. I think I suck. I think my work sucks. And I wrote, yep, we all do. Mm -hmm. And I hate myself. Then I go home and tell Caroline and she tells me, you don't suck. Your work is great. And oh, by the way, you felt this way two weeks ago and it passed, mm-hmm. which we all feel so hard. Yeah. I really, and it can be not even art that you feel that way. Just yeah. in life, I think we all feel that way. It's really how, and sorry. George and I go through this individually where he'll be like right now, he's so into his VR project. And then there's other times where he won't even get into VR for months at a time and he's just not feeling it. Yeah. And then same with me, like I went, God, like a year really struggling to make stuff and then all of a sudden it clicks and I'm in the studio every day and like will forget to eat meals because I'm so into what I'm doing um and I think it's you know we need to remind each other that it is okay to not be obsessive with your work and that it does come and go but it's kind of like a job you just keep working away at it and sometimes you can't wait for that inspiration and feelings and other times it's fine and you can give yourself permission to take a break so for sure i think like in america we're always like you gotta be working and busy all the time and obviously to get Mm -hmm. things done you do have to you you can't always wait for inspiration you have to like push yourself to see things and get there and like whatever but you do have to also take time and like live your life and go look at other things you're interested in like in that big magic book she talks about that a lot like Mm -hmm. follow your other passions and it will always circle back i think also with social media creating an illusion that your work and your life should be so effortless and so fun and you know you shouldn't have to really work hard and if you really love it like everything just comes together perfectly and it's not that way and it shouldn't be that way and someone I do really like following is Marley Grace because she's really open Mm -hmm. about her process her work giving yourself permission to do all of these things and she's a really beautiful person that is really open with her work ethic Right. And to plug another podcast, it's like when Dax talks about, I mean, Always. It, it yeah, goes we to talk like about him every time. Different things all the time, like your marriage. Like when he says, I didn't want people to think my wife and I were so happy all the time just because we're these famous people. Like that's why we talk about three months into our relationship, we were in therapy. And also, sometimes we fucking hate each other. Yeah. And that's okay. Cause like, guess what? It's not all rainbows and butterflies. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's just hard. And, I think like the true, truly best time is like if you're in that mindset where like, okay, shit, I don't know what I'm doing, but like George is on or Danny's on, then you're like, okay, thank God that's exactly what I need. And the absolute worst times in life is when you're both at that like, Mm -hmm. holy shit, what do we do moment? And Mm -hmm. then 
it's like you said, like sometimes you just need the other person to know when you need them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So pink bags of Chinatown. It's just like a <clears throat> big pink bag in the center and like one of those like, thank you, like a like, like a to-go bag. Yep, yep. Yeah. Exactly. And there's like all this writing around it, like explaining where it came like why they're pink and why they have this flower on it and stuff and then like people holding them walking away um so there's that one then there's this map of san francisco which i love it has like all the different sections and kind of like kind of like some jokey stuff in between where it's like where the islands sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah s fog yeah fog i think that's a funny one yeah um yeah, so that's that. And then there's a downtown LA. More fog. Yeah, more <laughs> fog. <laughs> She's so funny. Then there's a downtown LA one, which is also, this one seems like more informational. Well, so you guys both lived in LA mm-hmm. for so mm-hmm. long. What do you guys, what stands out about this one to you? Disney Concert Hall, The Broad. Let's Skid see. Row. Ooh, best, best mochi. Yum. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a good. That's yeah. a good one because when you go to that area, you're definitely like, I'm going to eat ramen and mochi and mm-hmm. there's a boba truck that shows up. And but there's also probably like the arts district is like expensive as hell now. Oh, just what? to be in? What yeah, is like it? arts district. Oh, to live in. Like yeah. no artists live in the mm-hmm. arts district because it's now like fancy restaurants, $4,000 studio lofts. And it's because we make everything cool that everybody yeah. follows and then they kick us out because we never have money. It's like yep. PBR hipsters. You fucking ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> just drink yep. it because we're poor. <laughs> yeah. Um, mocha. Yeah, mocha. Station. The, what is mocha? Museum of Contemporary Art. Yeah. Welcome to the art podcast. Which has gone, <laughs> you ignorant swine. <laughs> well, yeah, like SF MoMA is just where we went. Yes. MoMA Museum is, of Modern Art. Uh-huh, but mm-hmm. MoMA is in, like the original is in New York. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. So I then knew that. they all sound similar because it's Yeah, then like, there's LACMA, MoCA. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we've then there's the Mass MoCA in Massachusetts. Too. Yeah. And the Children's Museum of <laughs> wherever you guys want. And then yeah. the Natural oh, yeah. History Museum. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Met. We just start naming a thousand museums. <laughs> this podcast is now about museums. <laughs> We're really good at making lists. We could totally do categories. <laughs> I love acronyms so much. We're going to actually just charade out the museums. It's yeah. going to be a very boring <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we should do that for a Patreon gift. Yeah. It's like us just doing charades. <laughs> yeah. Nobody Brad, wants to see do that. Do you like that idea, Brad? Yeah, Brad. What do you <laughs> like? Do Tell us what you like, Brad. For SF Moma. Oh, do you like this idea, Rachel? We're going to make shirts, like limited edition shirts that say just brad exclamation point yeah for oh <laughs> my god yeah anyone who's like a patreon yeah and where do we get one and also does it come in a mug oh <laughs> yeah sure. brad mug yeah. brad so mugs good. become a patreon everyone and mm. you can get a brad mug mm-hmm. brad your name on a mug brad he's like, like i hate you guys so, yeah he's gonna be like you guys need to calm down at some point he stops liking our podcast but he's still our mascot <laughs> Derek gets so turned off now when I call him Brad, but I'm like, you don't get it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Start calling our partners Brad. Oh, Brad. <laughs> or 
for Brad. She's probably so embarrassed. Yeah. Brad, you're rad. Yeah. Had to go there. By the way, he he um told us his name isn't Bradley or Bradson or Bradfield or any of those. Bradford. Yeah, I mean, don't Bradford. Bradford. Yep. He's yep. not. It's just Brad. So everyone understands. It's going to be what it's going to be. Okay. So last, last but not least, actually pretty exciting. Women who draw. So women who draw is an open directory of female professional illustrators, artists, and cartoonists. So it was founded by Wendy and her friend, Julia Rothman. When Julia, I guess was looking through magazines, she noticed that all the covers were illustrated by men. Big surprise. She calls Wendy and she's like, what the fuck? Only four of 55 covers in 2015 were done by women, which I feel like we've made lots of changes. Wait, wait, wait. But what magazines? Like all art magazines? Oh, no. The New York. The New Yorker. Yeah. It was the New Yorker. I'm pretty sure. So in early 2017, Julia and Wendy launched Women Who Draw to highlight illustration by women, women of color, LBTQ+, and other less visible groups and make it impossible for any publication, art director, or editor to ever say again, I'd like, I'd hire more blank if I only knew where to find them because that's a bullshit excuse. Mm-hmm. So now she's, they're like, here's your huge directory. There's a billion and they're all great. I'm that's pretty sure awesome. there's more of us than them. So. It's like 52%. Yeah, yeah. Um... So now, in addition to getting those women hired, there's a whole community. Yay. There's like an Instagram. Go check out Women Who Draw Instagram. Uh, they started the hashtag, w, hashtag WWD together uh, underscore immigration, which is a way for people to share their and their family's immigration stories accompanied by illustrations, which is really a cool thing. Mm-hmm. You should look it up. It's fun to to read all of them and see their illustrations probably really strikes a chord too definitely definitely um so then this is really fun but i was looking in the directory and (laughs) one of the like top like i scrolled like one tiny time and one of the top people was sunny jew in oh (laughs) i'm not reading my own writing in like the first 12 (laughs) people so i wanted to give her a shout out because i love her so much and i'm so proud of her we went to undergrad with sunny Yes. yes. Tell us a little yeah. bit more about Sunny. Okay, so she's like she's the nicest, so cute, the nicest in the person world. on the planet. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I used to go to Boba with her all the time, and that's like, all it takes for Nicole <laughs> to love you. By the way, is to take her to Boba. <laughs> and she just was always so loving, and like I don't know, I just love her as a person. Yeah. Um. So she makes these really beautiful, detailed fashion illustrations, like so detailed and they're watercolor they're gorgeous and they're gorgeous yeah i'm gonna pull up her instagram yeah, so look that at i can it. see her work um and so then when i saw that i was like oh i just want to look at her because i follow her but i wanted to look at her instagram yeah. she has forty four thousand followers and so if you guys want to see her work her or tw- her instagram handle is happy sunny goo g-u at the end and oh my lordy this gal it's like so like a lot of flowery dresses and stuff and like translucent and like but so ornate and so detailed in a very modern way because when i think very detailed sometimes it's almost like overwhelming a little and Mm -hmm. just oh wow 
other artists that are on this, just like a random handful that I pulled up. Anuki Creations and UKI. Chantel Bennett, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Ooh, right. I like this cat one. And it's also got images of their work yeah. attached to it. So then I think you can click on them and like see more about them. Yeah. Diana, who that's a hard last name. Akhmetova. Ak- oh, nice job. That was good. Thank you. Um, Amy Titus. Yes. Don't like other titles. We're not only picking okay. easy names, we promise. <laughs> Linda Lee. Lou? Lou. I like that. I like you. Andrea Campomanes. Campomanes. Yeah, Campomanes. Anyway, so those are just a few that I saw. Um, if you go to the support, like click support. Like tab. Yeah, on that site, you can donate money one time or monthly, which is cool, to help them keep this thing up. It's a labor of love, but it takes hundreds of hours they say and they don't allow advertising on the site so they rely on contributions to keep it updated usable and relevant so go help make it easier for other badass women to get jobs because that's what we want right yes a hundred percent so this is the last quote she says i believe that every person has an incredible amount of influence to contribute and that part is what my work is about looking at people or objects or places and giving them the gravitas and depth that everybody and everything is capable of having. I want my work to affect people, how people see each other. That would be a great legacy. Hmm. So yeah, that's, I just wrote like, I love how, I admire how active she is in fighting for people's rights and how relatable and loving and funny her work is. And I think she does have the ability to reach people because because of that and hopefully inspire some perspective so that we can all try harder to understand each other and care about each other and do what's right by each other. Yeah. So. And one thing that struck a chord with me, I think, so much and why I chose Wendy as my artist to do on this podcast is because when I was watching Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat and you hear about how Wendy didn't cook, like she had granola bars in her cupboard and that's all she ate poor caroline (laughs) and so (laughs) i'm just kidding wendy so you i watch that and i'm like she let samin come into her life and also not only showed samin what she can do but let samin show her what she could do and also cared enough to take the time to learn and put Mm -hmm. in the work and i think so much of what we get lost in sometimes is not taking on other people's interests and not listening to what other people are into and giving it a real shot. And I loved that. And I loved seeing it. And I love what it stood for yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Anyway, that's Wendy. I got all this information from her website, which is Wendy McNaughton, M-A-C-Mac. That should be an N. MacNaughton, N-A-U-G-H-T-O-N.com. And her Insta from the same name. Wikipedia, thegreatdiscontent.com, EaterSF, womenwhodraw.com, Amazon for all the book descriptions, and the24life.com for the croutons comment. Okay. Well, let's not be awkward with our yeah. goodbyes since we always no. are. Thank you for being a guest on our first guest episode and choosing such an amazing you. artist. Yes. Thank you guys for having me and yeah. making art feel middle brow. Mm-hmm. Yay. Te quiero mucho. Love you. <laughs> Okay, bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>